and this is your call to adventure with Ant and Luke. Beep. Welcome back to the Call to Adventure podcast. Back for round two with Ricky, aka Boy Under the Bridge. Uh, just on a TV show. What was the TV show called again? SBS Insight. SBS Insight. Lost Boys was the segment. Yeah, that was the thing. That was the episode name and the gist of it. It was on masculinity. Um, had a group of boys, men, talking about how I guess masculinity has showed up in their life, particularly the challenges and ultimately how they've managed to kind of resolve it or are working to resolve those issues. Mm. So you thought you'd jump back on. We did say we did want to talk about masculinity even before you ran that show. So it's good to have you back. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for coming. Thanks for putting the pressure on while the iron is hot, you said. That's it. So you came up with a great, great way to get this started. And I think we'll all share a story about ourselves and Mm. how we, I guess, discovered what masculinity was, how Mm -hmm. we discovered what our masculinity was, I think is a better way to say that. Yeah. Um, And what our story is and how we got to the point that we're at now. So happy for you to start as the guest and then I'll roll on after you and Ant can go lucky last. (laughs) Yeah, awesome. Thanks, Luke. Yeah, so for me, my story is like they asked me on TV, like where did it all start? And I jokingly said with the Ninja Turtles and... Funny enough, it, it kind of is true. For me, it was like started with the action figures, getting Ninja Turtles, Batman, watching anime, Dragon Ball Z. Everything that I consumed as a young man told me that being a man was like being buff, being strong, um, most cases being white as well, um, with the exception of the turtles who are green, um, but also being having this like stoic, resilient leadership attitude and so immediately me when i was younger as this like small skinny sri lankan brown guy i i felt out of place um going into high school once you know puberty started kicking in i was like hmm, i'm shorter than the rest of the guys i'm smaller don't have the beard going on so for me that really created this sense of not enoughness and this sense of being lower on the sort of pecking order uh, I think if you guys can think back to high school, you remember it just being almost like a zoo and there was a very clear like hierarchy and we were hyper aware of where you sit. So I just was super aware that something in me was deficient. And what I did was kind of lean into other traits. So I found myself as the funny guy. That was that was my role. And, I, you know, I lent into being funny. Um, but even though I was able to make the girls laugh, there was still this sense of I was just the funny guy. I was overlooked because I still had this idea that masculinity was tied to being one certain way and that was being you know, physically dominant as well. Mm. Um, I grew up in Queensland, so it was um, footy. NRL was like the predominant sport and I just hadn't, didn't have the, the size of structure for it. So I was, a, I was a soccer kid. So that was something as well on my mind. I eventually started to kind of resolve that by getting into weightlifting, which I think I might have spoken about in the last episode, but it was when I was 16, I borrowed a friend's dumbbell. He got one of those adjustable kits for Christmas and I was like, can I borrow one? So I hit a single dumbbell under my bed from my parents and started working out with that, doing what I could, chin-ups on my bunk bed and all those kind of things. Um, And it wasn't much weight at all, but it made me feel something that I had never felt before, which was physically present and powerful. And from that, in my last year of high school, once I had a job, I was able to actually join 
a gym and even during this process it was something that I hid from people I was too embarrassed to buy protein bars because I thought the people at the checkout would kind of look at it and then look at me and then laugh um and that sounds ridiculous to say that now but that was the mindset you know I was in as a young man you you hyper aware of everyone's thinking about me everyone's looking at me judging me but eventually I kept going I, I learned you know the gym life the routine I dedicated myself and I put on a couple of kilos of muscle and soon enough it was undeniable that I was the guy that worked out and by the time I entered my 20s I was showing up as the kind of guy that I wanted to kind of be when I was younger which is you know going to going to festivals with my shirt off and six pack out because I can funnily enough no girl ever came up to you. It was mostly the guys who <laughs> just wanted to talk about working out. Yeah, like sick traps. Um, but, you know, I was able to show up as the kind of person that I wanted to be. And that included uploading pretty corny profile pictures. And, you know, that really showed what I had. But but ultimately, that was all another mask. Um, I guess the next kind of encounter with... Uh, I guess um, the pressures around masculinity was, you know, that stoicism. So once I started going through different life challenges, like a breakup, uh, friends moving on, me graduating and not being able to find work, like not kicking off my career, all that sense of inadequacy all came back. But this time I was experiencing all these emotions and following the breakup actually experienced depression. And again, these weren't things that men talked about, you know, it wasn't about feelings. It wasn't about opening up. There was no spaces to connect with other guys. So that actually made things a lot harder for me. And I think it kind of made me kind of seclude myself. Instead of being the funny guy, I started to really shut down um, with my parents as well. Just having that cultural, um, you know, and generational gap as well. I didn't know how to approach it with them. I I'd never encountered these kind of feelings before. And that's, I think, part of the problem with school and the lack of emotional literacy in programs. You know, they teach you about long division and all these things, but they don't teach you about how to deal with feelings that you inevitably will encounter. Um, and I've never used long division since high school. So, mm. but I yeah, encountered a lot of feelings. And then from there, I, I sought help online. I went to online forums and I found like other people talking about these things which really normalized, normalized everything for me. And that eventually put me down also a path of questioning. I think we talked about in the last podcast when I, when I went to Tonga, I had to give up the, the body image that I built and everything like that. That was me actually starting to redefine going, okay, like there is this sense of masculinity around looking a certain way and feeling super fit and super strong and all that. But is it, the whole of me and is there a way for me to kind of redefine what it means to to be a man and from there I started to find more of my purpose in helping others and talking about mental health and I say you know I found the strength to open up ultimately to be vulnerable and to share it with like a lot of people through the online world um, after I had also kind of learned how to resolve certain things and knew a bit about mental health I was empowered by what I was able to provide. So, yeah, I think I found a real sense of purpose through through all of that and redefined what it meant to be a man. Um, personally, I never went down too many of the routes that I guess you could say, you know, what is called toxic masculinity. I never displayed much of that. But after the breakup, I will admit, I read the game um, and I went down some weird pickup artist rabbit hole and 
was told to wait a minimum of two hours before replying to a text um, and to avoid compliments. And I remember once I actually, I complimented a girl in a text right away and I was like, oh, damn, like I'm, I'm fucking it up. I'm not doing the thing, the program. Um, but that was, you know, that world that's easy to fall into, which is also tied into general personal development and all those kind of things. So, but I, yeah, I quickly, quickly got out of that. I'm glad. Um, yeah. And then since then, I think I've just been a much more healthy person, really embedded in who I am and my views of focusing on more the, the positive things associated with being, being a man. And by all means, I'll be honest, like I still get these feelings of my ideal self. I still think about him, you know, like wearing the suave ass jacket and the, the sunnies and all those kind of things. And, but that's always going to kind of be there. But I think ultimately what I tell people is that, you know, being, being a healthy human being is integrating all sides of the, um, the spectrum of emotions and being like strong and being a leader at those times. And also that all those kind of things, um, setting goals, but also not giving into giving into the words the word but not really feeling the pressures that I did before that leave me feeling pretty shit about myself or angry or feeling like I don't deserve or to be here or like unworthy yeah I have a question so yes. sorry I just talked for a mouth no no you said we'll share our stories so yeah. it's great and you know there was a lot of things coming up I just I let you keep speaking so I'm curious because for me, hearing you start speaking straight away and then going to your childhood and mm. referencing like TMNT and all that sort of stuff, obviously it wasn't apparent to you at that moment, right? You no. weren't thinking like, oh, fuck, this is my masculinity. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like we no. don't really consider that. Like that word has probably only really been injected into society probably in the last 20 years maybe. Yeah. So like obviously it's been around, but like it's getting spoken about a lot more and mm. more and more. You know, for me, like I, I learned about masculinity and masculine and feminine only recently. And mm. then it's like going back when the point was where I go, okay, cool. When did you actually learn that that was all your quote unquote finding your masculinity and going through that process? Because you spoke, spoke about, you know, you went like you started going to the gym and you, you, like, mm. you, you attached that to being like strong and powerful and all that. Yeah. When did you sort of realize like that wasn't it? So like obviously through the process was it like going to Tonga was that when you sort of started like branching out and realizing like I went through that process or yeah that was it because once I stopped working out I just felt this massive kind of hole emerge again and like I felt this sudden rush of all these kind of like insecurities in other ways or deficiencies that I think leaning into that one thing which was working out and being fit was kind of covering covering up mm. Um, and I think at that time, once I, once I was going through more, I guess, more of the personal development world, I had a vocabulary for these kind of things, mm -hmm. but yeah, at the time you, you're not conscious of these things. You're just almost, you know, doing them. You're, you're imitating what you see mm -hmm. in the, in your world around you, what your mates are doing. Um, and particularly what, in my case, what I was seeing in the media as well. Mm. Mm. Do you feel like there was ever a point in time where you did express toxic masculinity? Like you did briefly touch on it, but... Yeah, in, in high school, there were points where I started 
bullying others. Um, you could say they were more like the, the nerdy kids who I knew were not going to physically retaliate. So I was able then to antagonize mm. them. Um, luckily, one of the teachers found out and then um, pulled me inside the office and then, you know, had a hard speaking to me. And I'll admit, I just started crying, mm. you know, and I think I was just like, okay, and I'm not doing that again. But I think it was just something in me that was like so scared and that I was like, I'm just going to try to lash out at others. And that just gave me a sense of, not feeling scared because I was dominating someone else. Mm. And it's, um, I have my, my partner, she's a teacher and, um, you know, a lot of things change over the years, technology and all this and that, but it's sad to say, but that whole problem bullying is, is still, still there. And, um, between young boys as well, like that whole, um, you know, the, the one-upness, the, the, the marching, like in, in a way it is like a friendly, jester as well but also at times it can get pretty like serious when it continues mm. i think that's where it gets dangerous isn't it because you're like ah it's just a bit of banter yeah yeah that yeah that, yeah i guess yeah and that's one of the um you know i see not in my friend groups but in, in groups that haven't really the guys that haven't i guess touched the more of the emotional world i guess like you guys being both coaches you've stepped into that kind of world of what it means to be human but there's guys out there who are cut off from that and um the whole you know the way of caring is sometimes showed through behaviors of just like putting each other down and that just seems to be the group dynamic mm. yeah mm. i feel like it's the other form of toxic isn't it is like suppression and just avoiding these things like it's just burying something so deep within that you're just like bubbling up and then it outbursts like you know we'd hear about toxic masculinity as that like overpowering that bullying that pushing mm. and like forcing your way through you know beating up women like mm. that's obviously worst case scenario mm. like it gets worse but um there's also the other side where we're burying all of our emotions we're suppressing all of our thoughts and processes and just like moving on and allowing things to, these things to happen mm. and that's like the the toxic that doesn't really get talked about i think that's a really good point and I almost don't like using the word toxic because mm. then I like I've seen after the episode air people jump in online and they're like, you know, you're calling all men toxic and you're just using this term to like, you know, demonize men. And what I would say to that is, no, 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 toxic masculinity is also referring to things that hurt men. You know, it's the guys feeling like they have to suppress all their emotions or feeling, you know, because they're not at the top, they're like, bottom at the bottom run of everything you know and yeah that it's, it's just it's harmful for, for mm. everyone including men so talking about it isn't really like part of what you know people refer to as the the you know the feminist agenda or anything it's got nothing to really to do with that like it can just be about you men who are mm. hurting yeah know? yeah i don't really like using the word toxic related to masculinity because mm. i believe that like anger and all that sort of stuff, that's not true divine masculinity. That's just something completely different. Like that's mm. toxic traits within self of someone. Mm. I don't really like putting it in front of masculinity, right? Because that's the label that it's gotten over the years through the bullying and stuff and, mm. and the overpowering. And it's like, well, but it's not actually masculinity. It's just a word that's put in front of it. Mm. Mm. I, um, I remember when we first started doing these podcasts and I first started learning about masculinity mm. and it was like, I remember doing my first podcast and I was like really fired up after I went through this experience and I'm like, blah, 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 blah. And 
I went to, I was had singing lessons at the time. So oh, cool. I went to like my teachers and we we're going through the singing lesson. And I could see something was a bit off with her. She was, and I'm like halfway through the lesson. I'm like, hold on. Like, we got to stop here. Like, what's going on? Mm. She's like, no, no, it's all good. We'll talk. No, no, no. I'm like, no, nah, let's talk. Let's talk about it now. And she's like, well, your podcast. And I was like, okay, like, let's talk it out. So we talked it out, mm-hmm. you know, all good at the end of the day. But I remember when I first started speaking about this stuff and this is why it's so difficult and challenging for men. It's like when you start expressing yourself and your opinions and your desires and your masculine edge in today's world, it can come across as like, like that toxic push, right? Mm. It's uncomfortable. I remember when I first started talking about this stuff, I was so shy. Yeah, gotcha. And it's just like, it's really interesting to be just like flashing back now and being in this position and hearing you talk about it and then being able to just openly express it now without fear. It's really cool. But yeah, it just made me remember that it's so challenging for men to quote unquote be strong in today's society, like because it's so shunned upon yeah mm. so yeah i just just sort of found that like really interesting big good flashback <laughs> yeah you said also that you were doing singing yeah yeah like did you ever feel that or have any apprehension towards doing something like that because it might not be something that's considered like what guys do because you know like i moved into writing and poetry and expressive things and traditionally they don't form part of that mm. real rigid mm mainly yeah so did you ever feel that um to be honest i don't think i did okay but that's only because i'd done so much work around already and like i've always been someone that doesn't really give a fuck about what people think i'm just like if i want to do fucking singing lessons like that's something that i want to do like cool yeah and most people that i talk to like i'm surrounded by inspiring people that want to see me do the best anyway so it's like they support whatever I fucking do, and that helps me just be more confident. You know, like I that uh, I remember like posting a you know we did salsa dancing once again. It's like some people could take that as yeah. not so masculine, yeah. But it's actually very masculine because you're leading and and, and taking yeah. the lead. Anyway, I remember posting something about that and like got hate on it. And it's like, oh, you go on salsa dancing, like good on you, bro. And it's just like, cool, man. Like it doesn't bother me. But yeah. you know, yeah, you do have uh, like there might have been. Maybe like I, I don't want to try and deny that it wasn't. I don't think there was, but yeah, I um, I, I loved. I like. I was like, it's something that I love, and mm. and something that that brings up for me is going down this path of discovering my masculinity and my masculine edge was like, I started going down this path of like being strong, being a leader, being grounded, being tough, not mm. not really suppressing my emotions, but. Just sort of like being like, no, like I'm better than them sort of thing. And then as I slowly evolved further and further and further down this path, I started really seeing uh, the whole side of it. And I talk about this in the alpha and the top G movement, right? It's Mm -hmm. like very like physical and it's like, this is the way it's meant to be. This is the way it's meant to be. And it's like, what people don't understand is that you still have a fucking personality. You still Mm -hmm. have a soul. Who you are is who you fucking are. Yeah. Right, and I started losing a side of myself where I was not being that fun and go like out there guy. Like you oh, know, okay. I'm always fucking silly, right? I've always yeah. been silly and stupid, and like I've always been that you know go fun guy. And yeah. I lost a part of that rediscovering my masculinity because, like you said, it's like you start questioning like, is it manly to be doing that sort of stuff? Yeah. And for me, it was like fuck. I, I got <laughs> I got sucked in so heavy to that masculine side, and then it's like it's not who I am though. I started losing myself even through discovering my masculinity. 
because yeah. of what you see online. You see online that it's do this, you know, Andrew Tate, just like bum, 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 bum mm. in your face. Like I work with relationship coaches and even when you said like the game, right? Like complimenting women and stuff. Like I started taking away from that because I was just trying to be like, nah, like I'm just going to play this hard to get guy that, mm. you know, and it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, yeah. what are you doing? That's not who you are. If that was who you are, I'd feel right. But like, if you have to force these things and it's definitely not right. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. I'll add on to that and say I was on the contrary of um, like diving into more artistic, expressive activities. Yeah. Because like, like I've now started sharing a bit more publicly. Like I was the kid behind the camera, also in front of the camera. And um, like that to me was like a place of solitude. Like that was me being that bigger version of myself. And then yeah. as you go through through school, you know, you're just like modeling and like you said, mimicking and imitating what it is to be like cool or socially accepted among yeah. the, the boys and the male, male friends. And then I saw like a lot of the arts class filled with like mostly girls or more like feminine boys. Yeah. And I remember there was a dance slash drama class and I was like, yeah, dominated with a lot of females. And then there was like this gay dude and then there was like more like nerdier, geeky, mm. like the drama kids. Yeah. And none of my mates and none of the cool kids were participating in it. But I always knew there was a part of me that like envied those kids. Yeah. Like I always wanted to dip my toes in, in drama and like acting. But yeah. because I was so, yeah, like insecure in, in even like accepting that that was a, a calling, a pull towards mm. that. I, I never really uh, got into it until, yeah, after my 20s. So it's like... 10, 15 years later, only now am I jumping into it. Yeah, wow. Um, and that's why, like, I preach improv classes from the rooftops because it's it's not just, like, improv and helping with communication and, like, speaking and, um, yeah, just, like, personal. it's another form of personal development. But for me, the main thing, the main reason why I do it is because it is allowing me to rediscover that, um, that playful, childlike self. Um, yeah. And it's sort of reclaiming that that part I, I lost along the way. Uh, so, yeah. And you found so many, like, how do I say this? Through You're pushing through fears and discomfort. Mm. Like, to me, that's as masculine as it can get, really, is it not? Like, I mean, that's, I'm like, yeah, that's a good point, yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, it's like, how is that not like being um, like a man, quote unquote. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you can't put labels on things. You can't just be like, oh, you're doing this. It's like, motherfucker, I'm standing on a stage in front of 100 people. What the fuck are you <laughs> yeah. doing? So, so sitting in the back with the Yeah, collar, talking like, shit. Yelling, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, commenting on people's videos and bringing them down. Like, yeah. it's, I think that, like, that takes courage. And like, I've experienced it myself. I know what it's like having to put myself up on a stage and fr- like run events and do all mm. these sort of things and talk on a podcast about polarizing a pit. Like, um, I can't even think of the word but yeah um, it's uncomfortable what we've had to do we've had to step through like we've had to you know go along this journey of me laying down in the middle of a street on Hindley Street in Adelaide where people are just walking past looking down at me but the more like confidence you build to realise like how unimportant it is but to do those things we had to step into the man to do those things and mm. that's like the most powerful thing you can possibly do in my eyes mm. Mm. Yeah, that's allowed me to redefine what the word masculinity means to me and what vulnerability means to me. Because I used to think vulnerability was like, yeah, that traditional like soft skill. Like you can only open up if 
you know, if you're like at a sleepover and all the girls do that type mm. of stuff and guys are just watching WWE and just like throwing each other off the couch. But to me, I've, in recent years, I've learned to me, my definition of vulnerability is just openly expressing your truth, like what feels true and right to you. And I think me uh, going back into more creative and artistic expressive activities has been my form of being being vulnerable and like owning the masculine like sides of myself is like really yeah owning that and just like leaning into the yeah the discomfort and the the unfamiliarity of it but um just yeah taking it head on just like owning it mm. Mm. What about like um, through high high school? So, were there any other ways that you felt the pressures of kind of masculinity? Yeah, I think for me the the areas that I lacked in in high school they came up the most when it came to to girls. Yeah. Because um, yeah, I would I would always be so conflicted because I'd see all the cool guys that got all the girls like with ease. You yeah. know, those, those guys that would, they wouldn't even have to do anything. The girls, just, just some invisible force was just bringing them. <laughs> they were just them. into them. They were just into just them. Straight away, yeah. And, and, and like me being so naive and uninformed at the time, it's just like, how? Like, what what <laughs> is going on here? And then, like, with the awareness I have now, it's just because, like, they get, like, literally didn't give a fuck. They were just, like, so certain what they were doing. They didn't, they didn't care what people thought and that's an attractive trait mm. but i of course i was the complete opposite i was constantly in my head thinking about oh is is like something in my teeth or is my hair like twirled a different way or this pimple here and um the usual insecurities and stuff but uh yeah i, I think uh, the deficiency like you said showed up when i was interacting with females uh because i was yeah, I guess I was like forcing myself to to say certain things that I knew weren't like right mm. stuff that weren't like true to me. Um, yeah, and that, I think that's the other kind of expectation, which is like being hyper sexual, like a man. Yeah, you know, like associating status with like mm, status. Yeah, the amount of yeah. amount of you know women you can kind of get, yeah. and um, yeah, and then you like it's it's just a default assumption because you know you might see it on tv or even today like we're talking about you know the the alpha male movement and one of the biggest ways that they do their marketing and all that is just showing them surrounded by women Mm. you know and people don't even question like what that is like and their quality of life and like you know i've been with the partner for three years but like i i have a life i have things to do i do not I couldn't imagine anything more frustrating than literally having to manage so many different like relationships. And it's so, it's so weird. Like I get sex is great and all, but like it's over done in terms of like the things that you can do, but I know it's a very primitive thing. So it's mm-hmm. easy, you know, cause they just show it and people might respond in a positive way and be like, Oh, that's, that's really great. I want to, I want to be living that. I want to be doing that. Not even thinking of the like, logistics of it or anything mm-hmm. like that. We used to, me and my mates, oh, well, yeah, me and my mates used to, like, go to bush parties back home and then we would, like, see some of our friends, like, hooking up and then we'd all come back and we'd just, like, brag about, oh, yeah, I fucking, I've rooted her and shit. And and then, like, 
when I would do that, I would, of course, leave out 95% of the details of the, the fact that I was shitting myself and I was like trembling and I, you know, and <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was like drunk and I couldn't get it up. And yeah. I'd leave out all those details just so I could like look a certain way in front of my mates. And um, that's, that's when I started suppressing all like the shame and guilt. And that's like, that's what became heavy for me. Yeah. Um, and, that, and then that carried on into like my 20s. Yeah. Because there, I didn't tell anyone up until that point. And then yeah. there was like no friend groups that I felt could like create that space where you can like talk openly about that. Yeah. Um, and you were partying a bit. Yeah. Drinking. Like, and, yeah, yeah. You go through that party phase and you're drinking, smoking. Yeah. And then like when you're inebriated, that's only the, the window of opportunity where you can actually maybe get something out that, yeah. you know, open up a bit. And um, yeah. And I just always knew it's just not how I wanted to lead my life because I always felt perceptive and in tune with like emotions but i just had no outlet to talk about it yeah yeah and what was the the main like turning point for you when you kind of set you know your own values and decided what's important for you and yeah it's the it's the rock bottom moments yeah uh yeah uh i think yeah second year uni, uh, second year in uni where i just got to the point where i was like i had so many different masks on and yep. um yeah and like uni such a social status game and you're constantly entering different groups and you're trying to like prove yourself a certain way mm. and um i remember like guys would always joke about all of like in in a certain friend group they'd be like oh i'm the alpha and oh no i'm the alpha and <laughs> i always thought that was the like that was the the point i needed to, to get to to be able to be like socially accepted mm. uh and feel that sense of worth yeah. for yourself. Yeah, yeah. And that's like the whole physical stuff and that's the whole like um, punching down on people or like talking yeah. shit about women. And yeah, and that just like constantly going against your values, It's it like does eat you up to mm. the point where there's like nothing left. Um, and then I just felt like empty as and then uh that's when i that's when i like had to I, I literally my last resort was to just go and bumble biz just to like find okay find mentors or find someone that i could just like reach out to yeah and gotcha. just have like an adult conversation with yeah wow therapy was never on my mind or like going to to like friends or family it was just like i need to find a stranger and a neutral set of ears yeah awesome. do you think status like our envy of status is biological or it's through social conditioning on the episode that i was on um somebody who i think she's like a biologist evolutionary biologist something sciencey sounding um she talked about certain um traits having uh evolutionary advantages to ensure survival reproduction yeah. those kind of things but I like the word peacocking because, like, if you ever go to a zoo and you see, like, the peacock and they get excited and they just, like, sit there and they just, pew, they just shoot out the things and they just stand there flapping this huge thing, it just immediately makes me think of, like, things that people do, like human mm. beings in a, in a different way. So be it me taking my shirt off at, you know, festivals <laughs> or people who just, like, rev their, yeah, their yeah, cars, yeah, yeah. like, obnoxiously loud yeah. or... You know those those kind of things yeah so i think there's there's a part of it 
like I know when you when they talk about animals and even enclosures having like alphas and leaders and everything like that. So I think there's an evolutionary part of it, but we've come so far and now like you know back then like you had to probably be prepared in the wild like fighting to the death is a thing Mm. but like in our society now like you don't necessarily need to do that like you can get through life without you know any sort of combat skills because we have like police and social institutions and all those kind of things as well so i think in our brains and in our lives there's this kind of reckoning happening where like there's more space for different types of people it's not just survival of the the fittest Mm. in one particular Mm. realm anymore like it can now be survival of the fittest in more like an intellectual capability you know Mm. so there's a mix of things but i think there's still remnants of these like primitive things in there and i definitely feel it i think i always say often say driving when someone's in a car driving that just takes us back to our real like human form like i could be on the way you know going to meet a friend and all happy and excited and then someone cuts you off and you feel this like thing come over you and i think that it's those moments or when we get that or like envy or you know or even like just feeling attraction to you know a member of the opposite sex in a respectful in a head thinking kind of way um i think there's still remnants of the past in us mm. yeah i just like i just find it really interesting you touched on it really well but I feel like we all have a want for status mm. in ego, but I feel like a lot of what we believe is status is from insecurities these days. Like the idea of having mm. 100 women by your side or having the Lamborghinis and, and having all these things, like those things are stemming from an insecurity. Whereas mm. like status for me in my eyes is actually doing something and like achieving the best version of myself and like that's pushing myself past the boundaries of what I actually achieve. Whereas like, cause I used to want those things. I used to want like, you know, heaps of women going to heaps of dates and, yeah. and like I wanted all this money and all the nice things. And yeah. it's like, now I want to achieve those things. Well, not so much the women, sorry, I should yeah. touch that. But it's like, what I want to achieve is just purely based on becoming the best version of myself yeah. and like overcoming those things. Whereas like, I don't really require status anymore yeah. outside of self. I don't believe, yeah. you know, because I, 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 there was a point where I wanted a hundred thousand followers, like I wanted a million followers, but yeah. I no longer want that. Yeah, I want peace within my life. I want fulfillment within my life. I want like that sort of status for self. What I'm hearing is that like one, correct me if I'm wrong, but one side of it's just someone going like, I feel insecure. What's the thing that's what? What's the thing that's going to fill it? What is the most extreme, ideal version? Probably I'll go on social media and see it that's the opposite of what i feel that looks like it that's one side of it and then the other side is actually doing what you could say is the work Mm. having some self-reflection and then actually asking yourself what is important important i see like i think contentment or peace is the kind of word because like for me although like i'm been making these these wins i'm super aware that yeah i was on tv last night there's people who speak multiple times every week you know there's people who you know do so much have written three books and so i think the 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 desire for status is kind of still there but also at the same time being ingrained or being more like integrated in myself mm-hmm. and yeah. being like i have over the years you know 
had the time to make peace and get to know myself and go, what are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? And from that, actually having the honest conversation is like, what is healthy enough for me to expect for myself? Mm. Where is that bar in, in, a, in a respectful kind of way that doesn't totally leave me feeling hollow and empty and shit because that will lead to probably bad choices. But mm. where's a healthy kind of, kind of goal? And that, that increment, I think, just keeps you pushing yourself slowly, slowly, and, you, and you're growing, but you're not just feeling like mm. the goalpost is all, yeah, all back yeah. here. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I'm glad you touched on that because I feel like even coming from a place of pursuing status, uh, like it's more self-motivation than external, mm. it's still like it's still a conversation on, on status because like even for me, I would say like, like I yeah, like you said, there's still parts of me that, you know, want that recognition, validation mm. from, you know, my peers or clients or mm. yeah, people around me. I think that's never going to change but it does yeah in a more healthy way drive me to pursue even like higher levels of myself um and yeah like you said it's a more integrated version of um pursuing status because i yeah. think because i think status is yeah it's uh i mean because we're in a societal system there's yeah. certain behaviors that are you know rewarded and penalized yeah and you know, I think depending on what behaviors you do on a regular basis, that's in itself what creates that status. And yeah, I think it's um, instead of saying status is a bad or good thing, it's it's a it's a given. But I guess the way you pursue it is um, is like the I guess the different differentiating factor for me. Yeah. 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 And yeah, I, I like the way we've kind of just highlighted the two as status being this real like external thing and i think has a lot of like um um widespread kind of acknowledgement it's like the the um the almost like the fetishization of like the celebrity life that i know when we were younger it was a thing but now it's even worse because like influences mm. exist you know mm. um compared to just being being at a place where you're actually you know proud of the work that you're doing and even like your own um your own like so like conditions of worth almost you know one thing i do in in counseling is highlight that like people have really high expectations on themselves but when it comes to then you know people in their life you can be like okay so what is like why do you like so and so and so and so and then the reasons are usually because they're a decent person because i you know they listen to me it's real real simple real simple things but it really makes the difference and it usually has nothing to do with them having super high amounts of like status or you know outward kind of success and i think that's ties almost to this desire to just feeling like feeling like you have to constantly be impressing or impress mm. impressive in mm. these like outlandish really seen ways yeah mm. i think that's where this yeah i think that's when it becomes like more conditioning like the grandiosity of what status is mm. is like because mm. yeah. there's trophies there's all these mm. like prizes for it there's mm. the six pack there's the you know mm. the the amount of money or the the certain kind of car as well and i mean we've like packaged it up and commercialized it it's like status has become a product 
Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Almost, I'd say, what hasn't become a product mm. these days? I mean, like the veri- verification ticks. Yes, yeah, the, yeah. Branding, yeah, yeah. how you market yourself. Yeah. All of that. Those are, uh, I, was, I liked when you were speaking about it, you were talking about, oh, just like that validation. And it just made me think about like my journey and, you know, I'll touch back to a story when I was in high school and it was my orientation day at high school. It was in Adelaide, Brighton High. And I remember I went to the older kids group and I was just like, oh, I want to be like friends with the older kids because they're like tough and like they'll protect me and stuff. And like, you know, like I was like seeking like that. And like all my mates were like, what the fuck? Like, what are you doing? Like, like I got bullied, pretty much bullied for it, right? <laughs> but like it, it, hearing your story, it made me think back to like what I was doing in school and stuff. And then, and then fast forward to today and only recently going through the journey that I've gone through and, and discovering self and, and spirit and soul and, and who mm. I am as a person and what my values are. You seek validation and then I'll refer to something you posted the other day, but mm. you seek valid, like we're always seeking validation. And I think we're seeking validation from the people that we care about most though. Like that to me is like status. So it's like, who do I like really want to impress? Mm. Like who's like part of my crew that like I want to do this for to help mm. them grow sort of thing. Like mm. it comes from external, but also self as well. It's like the, the mixture. Um, Is that like a quality over quantity? Yeah, thing? yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's like narrowed it down to this small group and yep. who's really important, right? They always talk about you can count your friends on, on, mm. on one hand sort of thing, right? And, and like, I get that. I, I don't think that's true, but there's something about doing it for that reason, which is like really beautiful, like doing it for a partner, doing mm. it for, for this. And then you posted something, you reposted something. Um, I can't remember exactly what it was, mm. but they were sort of having a dig at Aubrey Marcus. Uh, something culture, like yeah. spirit culture or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I sort of had like a quick read through it and stuff like that. And it it really did make me think, like I didn't agree with all of it, which mm. is completely fine, but yeah. it really made me think about this path that we've gone down, like specifically I only know mine and Anthony's path like to a dial. Like yeah. I'm sure you've gone down a certain path as well. We've gone down this path of um, working through our traumas and, mm. and for me, like the big one was clearing my fear of abandonment mm. and, and for me, like looking how much in my entire life, like I people pleased, mm. right? So like I did this, I did this, I did this for everyone. And then along this journey of uh, clearing my fear of abandonment, I stepped away from a lot of people. I isolated myself and I, I started to go down the lonely path because you start seeing all of these things, right? Mm. But as I keep evolving and growing and, and seeing the beauty in life, like it's not, it is about self, but it also is about external. It is about having certain people in your life and, and having the, the dream wife and the dream family and the beautiful friends. And like, to me, that's what status is. Mm. That's what it like relates to is like, fuck, look at, like, yeah, okay, I'm going to be, I'm going to brag about this because I've got, like, the best family. I've got, like, mm. the best friends. I've got a nice house. I've got a nice car. I've worked my ass off to get to where I am. To me, like, that's what status is. Yeah. Like that. Mm. I'm also curious, like, when you talk about work, because having worked in the construction industry, I've had a friend who I met in Sydney, and he was more like me and at the time, like, very, like, in tune to his emotions and his talking about his mental health. 
but based on comments he's made where he was working, particularly on different like job sites and having these, I think, relationship with co-workers that are pretty short while they're on site and then it's gone. Just in general, he just did not really feel like that place, like working that kind of industry was good for his mental health or supporting him. Yeah, do you have any reflections on was that? Was he working commercial? Do you know? Like, was he working on big sites, wearing high-vis and stuff? Yeah, parts of that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so I've had a very interesting journey uh, through construction. I've been very lucky. I've yeah. been, like, my step... Like, I've worked with my stepfather for most of my journey. Yeah, gotcha. Um, he created a great environment. He's yeah. always been super supportive of who I am, and, you know, he's always wanted to see me do the best, and... There was a time, though, where I did work in commercial. Yeah. And the difference, man, like, holy shit. Like, it, you hear so... I, I even spoke to a friend today, and mm. he used to work with me, and he he's, like, gone off on his own, and he rang me today, and he's like, just want to give you a call. And I was like... Because he, he's witnessed my whole journey, like, we've been pretty close for a while. Yeah. And he's like... He's like, you know, we had a quick chat, and he's like, yeah, I'm going to go do a PT course. And I was like, what? Mm. <laughs> I was like what he's like i fucking hate it it's like i hate i hate the trade like i saw what you did and i like it just you know like i just i don't want to be doing this for the rest of my life and i'm like fuck okay and it's just like it made me realize like the environment that i created on my job site yeah obviously he was at the point where he needed to do his own thing right he needed to step out and become independent right yeah that's full respect to him um but it just made me realize like the environment that we my stepdad and then i created on, on work site was a very healthy environment compared to what the construction industry is mm. and for me personally working on commercial sites i fucking hated it because it was just like big egos like yeah not like this like you've got union like do this fucking do this and like it's like high pressure like go 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 so and you've you experienced it right you worked hard for a day like the, the urge to have a drink after a long fucking day like it's so you're just tired man you're like fuck i'd love a beer yeah and then that beer turns into fucking four or five and that's just like becomes like that just becomes the cycle of construction yeah right like it's it's fucking hard not to have a beer at the end of the day like especially after a long day um and then you add that with like just the way people talk to each other like you talked about it earlier like banter and yeah people are like you're a fucking dickhead like this yeah. it's just abusive as fuck right? yeah so yeah. many insecurities on that site and it's unhealthy as shit my mate had said yeah like these guys making money come to work high yeah they'll do like you know speed different stimulants yeah. on the job oh, yeah. site i had a mate that did the fly in fly out for like a solar kind of farm thing um, he got kind of got the job through like family connection. So it wasn't a world that he had uh, spent a lot of time in, but he went there and then he said like people were just earning so much and then just going to the nearby town and just smashing mm-hmm. drinks and pokies. Yeah. And then he was like, I just cannot, yeah, I just can't go back to that environment. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. It, that's, I, I've spoken to women about this as well. Mm-hmm. And the, the way women like whistle and like just abuse like women from this, like the size. It's just like, yeah fucking grow up yeah like it's so like it is pathetic right but you you have empathy for people because they're all going through their own issues and Mm. that's what they think they know is best and it's not but you know sure um but yeah the it's just it just feeds each other like it just feeds itself it's Mm. just like yep 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 like it just the cycle it's fucked 
Yeah, and that's, I guess, people coming into that world who might be younger as well are going to see it and buy it and exhibit it by older dudes that only get, like, reinforced. So mm. it's kind of like me back with my, you know, Ninja Turtles almost again. It's like coming into an environment and these are the cues and this is the behavior that's reinforced. Yeah. And then no one wants to, you know, fitting, being the odd one out wherever it is is uncomfortable. You know, mm. fitting in social cohesion ensures success. So it's like, okay, I'm just going to. Mm. become one of the others and that's kind of what i think school and that kind of time is about till you i guess get an opportunity to figure out what feels authentic yeah or real yeah to you and yeah yeah it's i've always found it really interesting and like the more i've learned about masculinity the more i sort of sit back and go why do women think tradies are hot like there's you know how there's that like stigma oh, yeah. tradies are objectified by women yeah there was like <laughs> one ever male group it's tradies yeah Right, and I've always sort of thought about it, and I'm like, what really is the reasoning behind it? Yeah. And I could never really put a finger on it other than just, like, the working hard, getting, like, dusty and gross, mm. and doing things that you don't really want to do. And also just, like, the, like, I don't give a fuck, sort of, like, I'm just gross, you know, like, yeah. whatever. And do you think there's a real, real, like, there's a sense of security because they, like coven and dust got all these tools and just able to inhabit a world of like reassurance that like if anything goes wrong yeah, or protection yeah, yeah protection they can, yeah if they, they can build a home or they can they can do something around the house or yeah yeah definitely yeah mm. yeah and I, and I think also like <laughs> it it's kind of funny but it's like at the same time tradies are working their asses off at work like they're they're, they're not looking at their phone they're not like replying to the yeah, the chick every yeah, yeah, like yeah. two hours. You know what I mean? They're yeah. just like getting shit done, right? That's yeah. and then so that that's could be a part of it as well. Yeah. Mm. Did you ever find yourself trying to mold to that standard of what a tradie is that females were so fascinated about? Because mm. there was like a tradie culture. I mean, there still is a tradie culture where it's like. I mean, you'll you'll see like Tinder profiles pop up. Oh, swipe, swipe right if you're a tradie. Because like <laughs> tradies are typically like burly, maybe like yeah, over, over yeah. six foot and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah, they drive a Ute. Yeah, yeah. well, that's the yeah, the Ute. Yeah, definitely bought the, like the nice cars. Like I always like the nice Ute. Uh, yeah, I always try to look my best. Try and like buy the freshest boots, the freshest yeah. pants. Like look the part. Yeah, yeah. With did the did that um expectation, the external expectation, did that start to like influence your lifestyle or your behaviors hmm. once again i'm gonna say no only because of the environment that i was surrounded by like i was lucky enough to have a healthy yeah. environment yeah. around me i didn't get sucked into that like there was there was times when i was a complete fuckhead on the job site but i was never like talking down on people like i'd just be making lots of noise and being that clown so yeah i was never really like an abusive sort of person and i can thank my parents for raising me like that yep. so no, I was never really sucked into that culture. I was actually like, sort of like hated it. I was mm. just like, what the fuck? Like I'd look at it from a distance and be like, that's not who I want to be. Mm. Yeah. But that's, and then, but that's also another thing. Like guys see trays that are like getting a lot of women. They're like, they think like that's the past. So they look at it like, oh fuck, like tradies, they earn good money. Right? They work hard. They, you know, they take drugs, they drink beers. Like that's the path to take. So mm. some people literally become tradies for that. Yeah. You be in, you're like I'm in trade groups and yeah. they're like there's memes and shit and it's like you want to earn good money you want to do drugs and you want to drink beers like and it's just like be a tradie sort of thing and it's like fuck sakes wow. and so everyone's like fuck yeah like <laughs> so that's like part of the the kind of 
it almost sounds like there's like this extension of high school, like that kind of real mm. like the boys mm. kind of thing, but just stretches through life. Is that kind of? I feel like yeah, it's a of, perfect way to explain yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's got its own like ongoing kind of culture, I guess, because regardless where you are, different company. If you're a tradie, you're a tradie, and that's like just throughout mm. maybe yeah mm. yes yeah, yeah it's just like they're just tough i guess like yeah. tradies are tough like they work fucking hard right we're physically tough and you go back to the primal days it was like who was the strongest who was the toughest who mm. was like yeah. you know the best at that and it's like I, I see i see why you know that can be related to to masculinity so mm. I, I was just um yeah i was glad that i was never really sucked into it <laughs> Yeah, could awesome. could you compare the the environment on a work site similar to taking it back to high school? You know, when all the guys after sports class would pack into the change room and it's all just like sweaty, dirty, <laughs> and it's just all this testosterone just pumping. Yeah, your... yeah, definitely. Like, I mean, you started playing footy again and you go into the change rooms after a game, there's just dicks in your face. You're like, yeah, sick. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, you definitely can because they go into the the sheds and they they have lunch together and then they yeah, talk shit about yeah. fucking everything and yeah, it's but it's like any workplace I guess but just because it's ninety nine point nine percent yeah male predominated so certain societal behaviors or awareness of the other would not be there because they're just yeah. simply not yeah, there. yeah. Well, there's no respect for women on on a job site because yeah. they're not there yeah mm. that's that's a good one yeah. Well, some are, so I should, should not say that yeah. they're not there anymore. <laughs> There's definitely female tradies. But I, I, on that note, like, I'll admit there's friends that I sometimes hang out with and I feel, like, a bit, like, when I've gone back and seen friends from, like, my school days and that, I feel like this automatic kind of, like, change in gears almost, oh, man. you know? Yeah. Or sometimes even when I am just, you know, can be with um, a mate, as well, I find if just us, like, we can sometimes, like, enable the the high schooler mm. boy. It's like they, yeah, it's like, the, you know, the behaviourals, maybe the way you kind of joke around with each other or mm. that. So I feel it's still runs deep. Mm. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah, I'd 100% agree with that. I'm, it, it's not as intense now, but I remember every time going back home... Mm back north like having moved into state and then going back home straight away as soon as i'm exposed to the old environment i could just see myself having that octopus effect and just blending in straight yeah. away yeah. and um and then i guess you just have that like added layer of awareness because you you feel the change in energy and and the like the tone in your voice and the certain words like i there's like so there's unique slang with every state and I remember I had a, I was in Melbourne and I had a, a call, a group call with my mates and they were mm. like shit faced. And um, my roommates were in the other room and they could hear the, overhear the conversation and they're like, who the, f who the fuck's in our house? Because <laughs> I just put on this different voice. I was using all these words. I was like swearing abnormally. Yeah. Wow. And um, yeah, I just, I just realized just how unconscious I like changed those mm. gears. And it's less intense now, but even speaking to a friend the last couple of weeks and he's coming down, like I could, yeah, I feel myself blending a little bit, mm. not in an unhealthy way, more so, you know, we all, you know, we all have to, I guess, adapt and mold to, to 
people's levels of understanding so they can like meet mm. us at a certain level um but yeah that's that's been a realization is just like switching gears but knowing that you can switch back at any certain point is just knowing you have that control that's like yeah been a realization mm. i kind of like it i love just you know being this person that's just so hyper aware like you say and you know i just have so like such consciousness around the way that i act and the way that i think and the way mm. that i feel and all this sort of stuff and then you catch up with an old friend and you just you just all your yeah, walls yeah. are down and you're like yeah, yeah. no nah, fucking you know like all that yeah. sort of shit and <laughs> and and with the new awareness and the levels of uh, i don't know what it is but you just don't, you don't get sucked into it anymore yeah you just yeah. catch up and you just you, you remove know. the judgment of yourself yeah. as well because yeah. you try i feel like when you first get down the pe- the personal development space, you you do create this new expectation of self that you can't like dip back into to like the old yeah, yeah the old yeah. part like more shadow sides of yourself yeah. when that really makes the entire like pie essentially yeah um and I think the the next evolution in like personal development is when you can like relinquish that judgment of yourself and you can just like let loose and actually talk a bit of shit and banter with your old mates yeah i think yeah i think that's important that's the whole integration part that you mentioned yeah 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 it's really interesting you know the whole topic of this this podcast being masculinity and you know we sit here and we start talking about our stories and then as as we slowly progress further and further down the podcast like how long has it been going for now about an hour an hour yeah you just you start like masculinity like it just like what the, the label on it, it right now is just so strong like it's just like inevitable mm. like what it is is about our personalities and the way that we converse with each other like they're the important things it's not about like yes there is a time and a place for masculinity but i think the label on masculine and feminine right now is just so fucking strong it's not the like the be all and end all mm. it's not mm. i think people get sucked into it like trying to be the alpha the top g trying to be that guy it's like just be yourself with a new awareness of what it means to be grounded and and firm within like yourself and i just like hearing you speak then and hearing how this conversation flows like it just like it just makes me think of yeah even you know with my offer as like the Mm. initiation and turning a boy into you know a man like Mm. spiritually and, and going through that process one of the key pieces that is part of it is discovering that alpha side of yourself by intertwining it with your personality and like just remembering mm. who you are because when you try and force being someone else that's that's when it becomes just nasty and toxic because you're not who you are yeah. and then it becomes lonely <laughs> and usually they're opting for i guess what you could say is like the tate kind of image which is this person that's just bulletproof and doesn't mm. give a fuck and has no kind of like room for you know the, the vulnerability or emotions and that just doesn't serve anyone mm. really like and a lot of kind of the research and kind of look that i've done on this topic like people say it over and over again like everyone has masculine and feminine yeah. sides and they yeah. just it's like um you're never going to get anything and say this is exclusively for men what we're dealing with is just like stereotypical views that are very rigid and reinforced and mm. then ultimately do damage like you know here i am i lift dumbbells yeah. write poetry you know yeah. like yourself like you know i know you do a sport workout but also you know go do improv mm. you know mm. getting getting up on stage as mm. well and like you know yourself like as well like singing and being goofy and then being willing to drop the hard you know like just say you were on a construction site like being hard lined and like imposing 
and you know never cracking a smile could be you know really useful and some people could play into that and have that kind of must wear but it's like you're like but i like having fun mm. like being like a bit goofy so mm. i'm willing to to do that so mm. yeah yeah it's not yeah i'm just thinking about it riffing now after what you said i think um like yeah where masculinity is it is a big label and it is a very big pigeonhole that we found we found ourselves um in but i think to me i'm sort of like coming up with a with like definitions and i think to me masculinity is like you said a process of self-discovery and it's an ongoing one it's multi-faceted it's colorful it's multi-dimensional and yeah like and i think that's why it's described with that that word of energy masculine energy energy being like you can't see it you, you can't really like pick it up it's just like a feeling it's it sort of ebbs and flows mm. depending on like how you show up mm. but yeah again if if only it was as easy as that i mean like love is is another word where it's just like we purpose we have you yeah, can't purpose. put it into a box no. you can't put it into a box it's almost like putting it in a pigeonhole serves us because it it's efficient mm. like that's that's the whole benefit of it but um i think that's the value of having these conversations is unpacking it and then realizing mm. what it is essentially or trying our best to sort of like mm. you know Give it converse. Our best crack yeah yeah because <laughs> yeah. i don't think i think we, we could have this conversation tomorrow and we'd be t talking about totally different yeah. topics again yeah yeah, yeah. podcast three no <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think that's the beauty of it because it is a process of self-discovery just like life it's like we're in this process of self-examination mm. and discovering more parts of our masculine energy and our edge mm. and with that like you know you guys both being coaches and me working like counseling clients like we're working with people as well and to be successful in that you've got to be you know have, have leadership sides of things but also got to have like be empathetic and have mm. this emotional awareness to like to tap in and understand what people you know are going through as well and that's an example of like both being you know used but we don't ever think about it and i think it's just really yeah I don't know if we're about to move towards a world where like we stop the such by strong binary labeling and just going like ultimately it's about being whole and integrated, yeah. you know, and yeah, being, being more in touch with just reality. And I think that's where a lot of people have kind of struggled like myself young when I was younger, mm -hmm. like not realizing that emotions and, you know, crying and you feeling down and feeling weak, <clears throat> they all have their place as well as just being a fucking human being. Yeah. Yeah. That's like a, it's a very interesting topic, isn't it? I'd love to hear what your perspective is on the whole pronoun thing and the way that it's being, I guess, enforced in schools and like the, I guess, the freedom that children are having in taking like a lot of medications to suppress mm. all this sort of stuff. Like, I'd love to hear your perspective on how you view all of that. I don't even really have an opinion per se. Like, I see all that kind of stuff as cultural fuel like i have i remember during um the, the money grass people that there was a thing going around online about like they're coming for the kids and i saw um spaniard who's based in new south wales that you know spaniard he's a rapper dude that came out of jail was like a motivational speaker and had the the street hoodos thing and like funny content but like motivational stuff as well but then he went down this rabbit hole of like they're coming for the kids and this kind of stuff and performing 
forcing our kids to do this and that, but like statistically, the most crimes against children are committed by going to be white men in their middle ages, not people who are dry queens or really reading books, but family members and people in positions of power, mostly sporting organisations and also the church. Mm. And so like, I just see, yeah, there's a lot of like cultural kind of stuff going on with that. And people like, you know, like if you, if you want to say there's, I know there's, there's words used like so-and-so, agenda but what's actually happened is that like there were really like one-sided views of the world for a very long time and now we're just opening up to be so yeah. diverse yeah yeah and and because people who were like were down one path they're it's uncomfortable and they, they might be taking it as an attack but we're just becoming so diverse and things are getting more compl- complicated but that's not I think a reason to now like just get into the whole wars of things like we as mm. people i think we just got to find a path where we can all be here and hold space for our own kind of experience but also going like another person's going to have a different experience but that doesn't take away from what i'm i'm doing mm. you know and you know i don't i don't have uh children as well but like i think from what I know through, you know, my partner working in education, probably for most kids, there's things like porn, vaping, social media bullying that are probably like bigger things to like fry fish about rather than, but I know that um, that is like a, a hot topic at the moment. Um, and America's like a prime example of where they have like huge issues with kind of cultural wars and, and division, you know. Um, yeah, that's kind mm. of my stance. And, and if somebody wants, um, has like a, a, a term they want to use, and I've had that before with someone's like, hey, can you address me like this? And so, so, and I've, I'll admit that I have a voice in my head that's being like, that's, um, that's complicated or something like that. But then I remember my own prejudice in that I can't speak to experience that I'm not having, mm. you know, like yeah. I just, and that happens so much where I see something and I'm like, that's irritating or that's something and what it should be this way or something. But I just remember, but like, of course I'm going to think that because I have no idea. So all I try to do with most people I encounter when there's differences is just listen and just say that, like, I don't know, but do your best to kind of fill, fill me in 